Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from listeners like you. Keep up the awesome. I see you, and I'm grateful that you're listening. That's the only way I can paint. There was like some sort of mistransferring happening between the fact, like between me um, drawing and then me painting traditionally. And my paintings didn't, I couldn't render them the way that my drawings were rendered and I wasn't satisfied with the way that they looked. But there were a couple of times where I did the subtractive process completely on accident. It's actually in the Gloria book. I did it digitally where like you have two layers, you have one layer of paint like underneath and then you erase the features of a person. Instead of adding, you erase. And that's the way I see. And that's the way Floyd Cooper sees. So it was just amazing to be able to see him work and then work with him that weekend to figure out like, okay, what do I do next? And really it helps you paint the way you draw. I don't know, it's really crazy. That's awesome. It's I crazy know. that you found him. Think about basketball or any sport or activity for that matter that was a staple of your childhood. Now think about what you learned by playing, and what you learned by playing with whom you were playing. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 540. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking to picture book author and illustrator Daria Peoples-Riley about I Got Next, and her sequel to This Is It, Daria explores allyship through a coming-of-age story on a community basketball court where decisions are made in a moment, and where how you play and what space you make for others is on display for all to see. Daria's beautiful, layered work says volumes on how she sees children, development, activism, and resilience among failure. I hope this conversation resonates with you as it did me. Please welcome my guest Daria Peoples-Riley, author-illustrator of I Got Next. Hi, this is Daria Peoples-Riley, and uh, my pronouns are she and her, and um, I am an author-illustrator of picture books. This is it, I Got Next, and the illustrator of Gloria Takes a Stand by Jessica M. Rinker. 
welcome, Daria. <laughs> I love saying hello, hi hello. after we've already been talking for so long. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but I also, hello. I want to share on record, if you're okay with this, the way that I met you. <laughs> because yes. I like when this happens. And I think it's also a great illustration of, of, of the experience as a reader, which is to say that one of the reasons on this podcast why when I when I post the episodes, I always put a picture facing out is because I was a kid growing up, and I think many of us were, that didn't have a connection with the the people behind the names printed on our books. And so I, I strive to make sure that my students can see and know and see themselves in the people making books, at least from that first face connection, right? Um, and know that the people that make books look all different ways. But also, if you listen to the voice and you know the book, then when you go to a a book festival you might see the face walking right. around Absolutely. which is so Absolutely. rad <laughs> but i did not know your face and we <laughs> ended up at highlights together um and i i it only took a moment of wait what do you illustrate <laughs> what do you write <laughs> until i had the full moment of like oh, I can't talk to you. I'm like really afraid now. I'm really intimidated, (laughs) which was the best way to meet because we just got to meet and connect. And then I realized like, oh, you're a big deal. Oh, no. No, not (laughs) at all. But I'm grateful that we got that we got that connection. And I'm more so grateful that on one of those nights, (laughs) you slipped me a copy of I Got Next for me to read in the van ride over to dinner. That's right. And it was it was a moment all to myself that I I fell into your book and I lost all track of anyone else. <laughs> and I just felt that intimacy of what it means to have you created something and to share it, to hand it to one of your readers. That meant a lot to me. So, so Thank I guess, you. yeah, all the, all the connections <laughs> and getting to the privilege of being one of your readers and to experience that connection in real life. is just wonderful. So, Hey, from me to you, thanks for, thanks for being who you are and doing what you do. Oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure to meet you as well. It really was. So to just hear someone so excited about the work that we as author and illustrators do, it's um, it's refreshing. So I was just as excited as you, trust me. Well, and we were on retreat with not just a bunch of authors, but a whole bunch of illustrators. And I'm yeah. not an illustrator, so I got to have that moment of, oh, once I learned that you made art, I'm like, okay, so tell me how this works. Tell me the <laughs> things you do. Same with Shadra Strickland. Break this right. down for me. Tell me how right. you do the magic, um, which was which was a really a special thing. And so I want to I want to dive deep into I got next, because since I've had time to live with it, there's so much more here that I just love and I, I want to talk about. So there's so many things that I want to talk about art and I want to talk about how you read this book and how you wrote this book. But I'm going to back up and just let you introduce I got next to people that haven't yet encountered this book. Could you share a little book talk about this book? Sure. So I got next came um, around the same time. This is it came it. um, It's interesting because when I do school visits and I talk about this is it, the first question that students and teachers, librarians want to know is if I used to dance and, I say, well, of course I've always danced, but do you, are we talking about ballet? No, (laughs) I'm not a ballerina. My daughter is a ballerina, but I was the basketball player. So I always knew in the back of my mind that um, the next book would be a basketball book. My son plays basketball, my husband, basketball coach, 
my first love um, was basketball. So this book I knew was always going to be um, what came after This Is It. And it really was a book that I think I probably needed as a child, um, always facing competition. Um, and the tools that I learned on the basketball court, how they transferred over to the tools that I would need in life is not just about basketball. It's what you learn when you're on a team, um, when you're pursuing something individually and trying to get better at it. Um, and it was something that I also just wanted kids to be ready for before that next game or for before any type of competition that they felt like it was something hard that they had to do. Um, this game, this book is kind of like a pep talk for that. It's trying, it's trying to get them hyped for whatever that is. So, um, I, I think that that was the initial inspiration for it. And then once I really got into the making of the art for the book, um, it even became deeper for me um, as far as thinking about the communities in which these basketball courts are in. And um, a lot of times the communities that children live in being an adversary instead of um, – a community that should uh, support them and provide resources for them. Um, so a lot of that is found on the basketball court where kids find each other and they find mentors in the community. Um, and so it became a, a, a bigger story as um, I, I climbed into it a little bit more. Oh, all the community. I love the 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 call to be part of something else and stepping into a space where you're not sure if you've got what it takes to be in that space right which i think is it's where you what's that phrase where you that it's in the specific that we find the universal right right that that it doesn't need to just be basketball in this case it's basketball is a whole identity in this in this story to all of the children in the neighborhood spot that we're zooming in on but to know that that any of us can feel intimidated walking into a space and that we ourselves can be what what can talk us up to enter that space or what can talk us out of entering that space Mm -hmm. and that uh that we really get to decide that i think is is powerful especially through the lens of our shadow of something that's always Mm -hmm attached to us and that can literally be following us or leading us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. The, the, the voices in this book, um, <laughs> we start, we start off in the barbershop. You were talking about yes. like getting ready for the game. I'm like, yes, Oh yeah, that's right. You gotta have a clean cut. That's right. <laughs> you gotta show up to the game without a clean cut. That's for sure. Lined up. Line up. I like that you give, that you give, I mean, it's like five entire spreads before we hear the voice of the boy. The entire time it's, it's the shadow doing this pep talk or it's, it's the, the, what, what is the thing inside of you? Like your conscience, your id, whatever. But I, do you mind if I read to you? 
No. You and I can end up reading this entire book together. I love it. It's that book, but let me let me just read to you. It goes at. I should go to the first page. Um, and this is. I'm just gonna read the shadow talking because. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, it's game day. Time to put your game face on. Show me your game face. Show me your game face. Show me your game face. Turn the page. Now you got your game face on. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You give us this like full spread with the text twice the size that it was. And now we're close to that child with that face. And we're seeing, we're just seeing it. (laughs) It's great. And I like that it's face on and profile and the kid looking at his shadow. That's right. It's just, and we're on, uh, we're on the other side of the fence. I mean, there's, there's so much here. <laughs> there's so much here. Um, when you were thinking about this story, how did you find, or maybe, maybe it took drafts to get here, but how'd you find the, the, the timeline of the story, the tightness of the story? Because mm-hmm. so much of this drama plays out on the outside of that fence or on the unoccupied side of the court. But when I step back from that, I realize this is a really small space to occupy in a picture book. And you make it feel big through your illustration and through where you're placing the camera, looking at the child and looking out and, and what have you and, and making the child feel alone or apart from those other kids. But what did you always approach the story with that sort of really tight, timeline and really tight uh setting yeah i knew from the beginning that um that the whole story needed to take place um in my mind i kind of had this idea that we walked from the barbershop to the flower shop to the basketball court and that's kind of given away in the title the dedication page where you see the movie theater and then the barbershop and then the floral shop and then basketball court is next. And so I, I think that, um, when I thought about the story taking place, there was actually two stories that I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the text story of this little boy, which is kind of a coming of age thing for anybody who plays basketball. And when you get to the basketball court and um, you're either not known or you're the smallest kid there or for whatever reason to have the uh, audacity to tell the players on the court that you have next after you've waited, <laughs> it takes a lot of, go- um, you know, just a lot of confidence to be able to say that. And as a girl who played basketball, it, took a lot of times um, a boy to be able to be my ally to get me on the court. Um, I usually tried to say I got next and um, would get the ball snatched out of my hand or whatever. And so I usually had to have um, someone on the court who was an ally who knew that I could play, um, who who would stand up for me. And so that is actually the subplot of I got next, um, with the visual story going on. So I knew that I had one space to occupy the actual story, the plot of the boy 
um, having the confidence to listen to his shadow, to to be encouraged to to say I got next, and then the subplot is happening behind the scenes with number thirty two is trying to get on the court and play with the boys. Yeah, um, and it takes our hero of the story. It takes him to be able to get um, the confidence to be able to to say I got next so that it's fair for the girl to play as well. So I, I, the subplot came as a result of being so, um, I guess, focused with the, um, with the main plot of the story. Uh, but the, the beginning of it up until now, you've got your game face on for me, that was like a pregame, you know, mm. like kind of like coach in the huddle. Um, getting getting the player ready like you can't go out there you know looking like happy or you know joyful or or not having or the opposite of that not having the confidence you need to play you know you need a game face on you're about to go to war so um and then and then the practice when the practice starts in the next page we're down by five ten seconds left to go show me what you know so that's 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 practice before the actual game begins this whole book though is i mean to center it on allyship in that way um in the way that the 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 book wraps but to also say that we end where this kid's story begins right right Right. yes it's it feels a bit like now we have to wait our turn until ready until we the readers are ready to get next that we got to watch him get ready and him step up and he gets to now go have his game and then the book closes and we're what's left where we take it is what's next i like i like that you've given that and i like the um the the way you've played with font to get the the child and the shadow separate but just hearing the language become pep talk and confidence and and the way he responds to what might be the language that that some uh coaches or adult figures or even just friends have said in his life that it's that it's i'm looking at the spread that's work hard you have my Mm -hmm. word don't Mm -hmm. quit i'll never give up Mm -hmm. almost that confidence of you don't even need to tell me that because I'm already there. Right. right. And and now time to step onto the court so I can show you that I'm not just words, that I'm there. I'll leave my heart on the court. Yeah, it's... I like the... the, the that the conflict in this story is... is the... the tension that's building up to stepping onto that court. And that... that that's the I, I guess I'm trying to say it this way as a librarian that gets to be when I get to close the book and just let the energy ride out like a symbol crash in the library right. and right. that's why I asked the previous question was because that's like magic that you're giving us readers that moment that I get to exist in this moment that you created so that to me is another story going on, not just the tension of how much we feel 
pulled to watch this boy practicing on the court and being on his own and getting ready to get next and warming up and knowing that when you warm up, even if on our spread we're just seeing him playing with his shadow, you know that it also comes with the pressure of those other kids playing their game and absolutely looking over. Whether we see it or not, there's no way they're not looking over and judging and considering. (laughs) There's no way they're not. Yeah. And that then we get to leave that book closed with with that that symbol crash. It's just did you did you I'm not trying to I'm I'm not trying to get you we were talking earlier about magic off recording. I'm not trying to get you to show me your hand, but did you know that this is where the book would end? Did you know how much to give us of of his story and how much to hold back? Yes and no. The part that I knew was the part that um, I wanted to capture was that decisions are made in a moment. Yes. And so that's the part that I wanted to know. I mean, because we're really just talking about the moment that he steps on the court to the moment that he decides to um, to say, I got next. And so, but when I got to the end of the story, it took me a while to figure out that last spread. Um, in fact, I'll make this confession. The Folded and Gathered um, prints had already gone out. They had already printed and the last page did not read, we got next. It didn't read, let's go, we got next. Um, it was a repetition of, um, I got next. And I read it aloud to a group of kids at a school visit who talked me into reading it before it come out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and after I read it, um, up until the page where it says play to win, I am fight all the way to the end. And he in the shadow starts to walk away and the boy really demands I got next. That next page I changed after the F and G's went out and, um, and thank God my editor was, was really excited about it. But I, I emailed her over the winter break and I said, you know, I think we have to change that second to last page. And so she said, well, what do you think it should be? And so I said, well, I think it should, should, should ask my audience the question, who's got next? Because I wanted it, I wanted the ball to kind of be in their court, you know, um, when they turn that page. And I think that that's the generation of the youth today is, they are saying, I think it's obvious with the activism of our youth that um, they're saying we got next. Like, you know, you adults out there, don't mess stuff up so much so because we got next and we want we want a voice in what's going on in the world we will have to be adults in. And so that part didn't come to me until the very, very end. Thank goodness um, I kind of had that light bulb moment at the end. That's a great notion of don't don't mess this up because I'm coming after you. I'm yeah. following you. Not just save a space for me because I want to be included too, but rather we're literally following. So yeah, I guess I like mean, you're saying those connections on the court, remember who comes before you 
Because your job isn't to erase what was done before you, but to carry it forward. Exactly. And now here's here's the ball. It's your turn. Yeah. You know, so I think that that and that's what community leaders have always done um, in the communities I've lived in and worked in um, is empower, empower kids. And I think that, you know, basketball, for one, has been one of those sports. um, And I know it's done in other sports, but because I have familiarity to basketball, I know for sure that a lot of the unsung heroes, coaches and mentors and teachers that dedicate a lot of their time to to being uh, that voice inside, you know, kids' heads when it's more than just learning how to play a game. It's learning how not to quit. Um, and when you learn that through a game, you can transfer it over to real life. Learning how not to quit. I'm writing that one down. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I um, I didn't play sports growing up, and my parents didn't either, so I was never pushed into that. And being a father and seeing my son play showed me immediately and my wife played in in school too but as a father watching my son play baseball um, and now other sports has shown me that relationship of uh, to a coach where I've had the great privilege of stepping back and letting letting him be with that coach and he has loved in particular, not not that he listens, but to shout out Coach Mike. Jonah was with Coach Mike for five years and just adored him so much to the fact that when the coach changed over the next year, it just wasn't the same. But yeah. he looks for those qualities in coaches. And now he's playing flag football. And I can see him already testing out that relationship mm-hmm. to the coach and getting, I think, the great feedback you know the uh just the presence that the coach is being feedback in that way being inclusive in that way I like that in that way you're sort of coaching your readers as well we stay out on that page you talked about where the change happened um from the f and g to the final where shadow is saying put your game face on who's got next and you give the reader the page turn and in a library full of children, you get a bunch of kids saying, especially when you're reading them to young kids, especially to the young kids, they're all, I got next. And then once yeah. one does it, they all are yelling it. Yeah. But to allow that to happen and turn that page and to have that narrator, to have you speak out to those kids, as well as to have this child be saying along with those readers, let's go. We yeah. got next. Yeah is powerful it's inclusive it brings the reader in and it unifies that experience and it, it, it's like you're saying with i mean we're, we're hot off of the um the climate protests mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. kids were joining in and it's that same thing where you know our school we entered into that space and centered those children and said this is this is your moment for us to learn from you Mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. so saving that space I like that again it's just yeah. all those layers Daria it's you I know that it's you <laughs> I know it's you on the page say it's not just shadow yeah. and child saying we got next in a ball game right it's you saying you do you have yeah. it next yeah it's a beautiful absolutely thing. I, I think, think that's the power that's the power of um 
of the spirit of relationships between adults and children. And I think that, you know, it's the same thing with teachers as well. Um, when I think it's a very um, high and mighty responsibility that we have because even when we leave the scene, it's our voice that's in their minds and in their hearts. And that could be a positive reinforcing voice that is affirming who they are or, it can be negative too, unfortunately, you know, for as many good coaches, there are bad coaches. And yeah. so I think that that's important as well, that we remember that um, regardless if we're physically there or not, what we leave emotionally to a child always remains with them. And, and you know, being a school teacher for a very long time and being around kids, um, I've dealt with students that have had teacher trauma and coach trauma and um and it's really disheartening so i hope that it inspires children as much as it inspires the the caretakers and the people who are reading it as well that um there's some power in, in what they say to kids i would love for you to take us to the end papers yes and talk about that because that's such a beautiful extension as well um all of these all of these historical figures that are there saying as, as I'm now making this connection to what has happened in this conversation, all of the children who are next coming from, from the work that has been done before you. Tell me, tell me about your process with these end papers and where that, where that all came from. So um, one thing that, has always inspired me is the accessibility of public art in urban neighborhoods. And um, it was my first exposure to art. I didn't grow up um, going to a lot of or any really art museums and that sort of thing. Um, but when we would visit, I grew up in a rural town, but we often visited major cities, San Francisco, Los Angeles, places in California. And um, my first exposure to a lot of art was through public art and murals in particular. And so um, I thought about that when I was developing the setting for this story. And um, so this became my idea of what the art mural in this story would look like. And it is inspired by the art of um, Sonia Lynn Sadler, who was a picture book author author and illustrator. Um, she's known mostly for her work she did um, on um, Seeds of Change, um, which is a phenomenal book about um, a, uh, an African woman, Wangari, who um, you can go and read it. It's by Jennifer Culleton Johnson mm -hmm. and um, I think it came out with Lee and Lowe. And so my first, um, my first award was in the namesake of Sonia Lynn Sadler. And, um, I was able to meet her mother and her father and her brother. And, um, they actually live in the Baltimore area in the Maryland area. And so it left an impression on me that, um, there's some parallels between Sonia Lynn Sadler and I, but, she passed away of cancer um, September of 2013, and I took my very first illustration portfolio to Illustrators Day in Los Angeles 
in November of 2013, um, almost to the day, two months to the day of her, of her passing. And so there is always a connection. In Seeds of Change, there's a, a spread where she um, has these beautiful flowers um, that she collaged, and it's um, the faces of famous people, Barack Obama being one of them, um, and Dr. King being one of them, uh, coming out of the flowers. of, um, And so she inspired that um, in this mural for me. Um, all of these people that I featured in the mural have been impactful. I, as I thought about my journey, um, Dr. King, Coretta Scott King, not a lot of people ask, but the, the shadows and this is it. And I got next, um, are inspired by the silhouette work, work of, um, Kara Walker. Mm. And, um, my Angelou, um, whose writings I've always, leaned on as well as Zora Neale Hurston and Langston Hughes and um, Auntie Michelle Obama. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those are the, those have all, all of those people have been kind of impactful when I think about my journey and, and also um, people who've come before the youth that I hope that they continue to look towards their wisdom um, there's an entire generation a little younger than me that has been really inspired by a lot of rap artists and, and that's completely fine, but I never want generations to forget about um, some of the people of the Harlem Renaissance and the civil rights movement and some contemporary figures who are doing hard work um, in and around our community. And so that's where a lot of that inspiration um, came from and, symbolism of the hummingbirds of um i i had while i was creating the art for i got next um, i had two hummingbirds that always visited me outside and um, i figured they wanted they wanted some space in the book so <laughs> they made a debut they made of, a debut they're so beautiful they, they look like stained glass <laughs> yeah they yeah. made a debut so that and um and the little girl and the little boy just reminding people that in the conversation of gentrification and in under-resourced neighborhoods that there's children here and there's imagination and um, there's dreams and hopes and desires. So I wanted all of that to kind of come through and in what I thought could be a mural that um, our little character can walk by and be inspired by every day on his way to the basketball court. <laughs> like that it's so beautiful and it's um and to have those those faces as the seeds of change it's so pretty i realized as much as we've been talking i have yet to ask you about how you make your art yeah you we're talking about inspiration and all that but i i've just been so much especially for people that haven't seen the book yet i just love how, how your textured collage type feel and i know that i think speaking from highlights you would correct me if i'm wrong but i believe you would tell me that you bring in a lot of those textures from from real environments i'd love sorry if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what making art for i got next look like yeah um art for me is always a kind of a visceral response to to um how i'm feeling or what i want to see on the page um but 
I just see so much beauty when I go to um, different communities that I've been able to visit. And um, I wanted to really try to evoke that beauty um, in what other people might not see when they walk into an urban neighborhood. And so um, the texture, so usually the way that I I worked on um, I Got Next, um, I hand painted most of everything here um, using gouache watercolor or um, a Chinese ink. I like Chinese ink because it shows really dark and um, uh, solid black on the page. Mm-hmm. And so um, I... I paint all of those elements, um, either take pictures or scan them in, and then I digitally composite them in Photoshop, which really gave me the opportunity and I got next to play. Um, I wasn't so concerned about, um, you know, getting it perfect. I thought that it fit very accordingly to, uh, the subject matter and, um, and also the textures that I wanted, I wanted to come off of the page the way that it felt like I wanted it to look like it felt, you know, when you're playing basketball and, um, in a pickup game. And also, um, the, the paintings that I did of the, the, so, um, the people in the community, Maya Angelou, yeah. Scott King. Those flowers are uh, there. Yeah. And all of those, I, I used, I, I drew those with charcoal, which oh. is my favorite. It's my very favorite medium that I use is charcoal. So especially when I'm doing portraiture. So that those, I kind of put all of those things together. Um, and yeah, I just wanted it to feel and look like um, the city, really. One of those pictures, uh, what, what I was saying with the flowers, one of the spreads I like the most because of how much it feels like like courts that I've walked on is that one spread that has the the bushes and the flowers in the back growing and mm-hmm. um, that worn, the worn paint of the three point line. Mm-hmm. It's just so pretty to look at <laughs> because it looks like feet have been there. Yeah. Just everything yeah. there. Just, it's so, it's so pretty. And I know that, it takes some thought to compose a picture with so many different textures working together and to make it work, despite that that's something we encounter all the time in real life is all these different textures juxtaposing. It's somehow challenging to accomplish that in illustration and make it feel cohesive. And yet you've done that and you've done that through really beautiful coloring too, allowing these buildings to really I think show off the the watercolor marks and and the the blues and purples and allow the 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 pavement to really show the cracks and the wear and the patches I like it yeah there was nothing you know the thing about it is every basketball court I've ever stepped on for me it was just it was beautiful Mm. you know and um even in its worn state, like it just was history of legacy. And so, um, yeah, I just really wanted to embody the beauty of, of the basketball court and what happens there. And, um, 
it's just I don't know it's just it's like I said it's my first love so it's a beautiful thing to me and I wanted that to come through I wanted the love of the game to come through so well yeah. you've left so many details we could go into on every <laughs> illustration from the shoes on the power line to the, just everything like I could we really could just I think we just need to meet again and we'll just okay, nerd okay. out over your book Sounds good. <laughs> I do want to bring us back. I think it would make a nice arc to bring us back to that dedication in the beginning. Yes. Would you mind? Do you have the book in front of you? Would you mind reading that dedication? Sure. Maybe sharing a little bit about it if you're comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Um, for Jaden, he who is in you is far stronger than anything in the world. Um, and that is actually a Bible verse that um, I wanted to share, not just with my son, but I just think that there's um, power in Scripture um, for believers and non-believers that, um, you know, we all have the power of God living inside of us, and no matter what our circumstance is, um, He's given us the strength to overcome the adversity that we're going to face in life. And um, I think that that is the love of God and the beauty of God that um, I hope that each kid eventually learns um, as they as they endure some adversity that they go through, which is guaranteed. You just have to keep living. Right. Hmm. So um, and I think that that's that voice inside of us that has to keep um, us going and moving when um when defeat is on the other side and that's, that's, we're not going to win every game, um, that we play, but we have to keep moving on and keep going. And so that's what I want, um, my son in particular, but every child to, um, to learn and know. You have put so much of you (laughs) down on this paper. I love it. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, this book for me, like I know it is for readers too, shows me you and shows me about what you care about. And especially it shows me the ways in which you care about children. And that that's something I think is difficult to accomplish in picture books and certainly not always or maybe <laughs> seldom um, accomplished in a picture book that it can feel like the author or illustrator behind it sees children and is affirming, affirming that they see them. And you've done that, Daria, and you do beautiful okay. work. And I, I can't wait. I just can't wait for everything coming for, for all the stories in you that will come out. Thank you. Um, I want to end by giving you the chance to speak to those readers. Um, and I'll say it this way. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yeah, I want them to um, to be the light. Um, I want them to shine. I want them to be brave and be bold. And I want them to know that um, for everything that they dream to do in their life, They have everything already inside them to accomplish it. (laughs) 
This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.